Hello, hello. We are going live for Tuesday Talks today and we have an amazing person called Heidi Dunstan going live with us today. She is uh, a grief counsellor, uh, grief advocate, you know, helping in changing the grief narrative. Uh, also a best-selling author and a keynote speaker as well. And she's helping uh, everybody out there to change the narrative of, of grief. Uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, hopping on to the Tuesday Talks. Uh, um, I've done a short introduction for you already, uh, but in true Tuesday Talks style, uh, we'll pass the mic on to you uh, to just let us know who you are, uh, what you do, and the question that we will kick off with after that is, um, and why do you do it? Sounds good. So my name is Heidi Dunstan. I am a Canadian that just recently uh, moved down to Mexico uh, this past weekend. So I am down in the southern world enjoying the warm weather. And I uh, run a program called Lean Into Grief. And I'm starting to finish off a book about legacy and loss. And I've started this program due to first-hand experience in losing my husband unexpectedly almost three years ago. And I learned in my process of grief and uh, grieving with people around me that many of us have never been taught how to grieve. And so many people around us say things to grievers that just miss the mark. And they say things that really could hurt the griever. And they don't do it with intent. They do it because they just aren't educated. They don't know. And uh, we don't live in a culture or in a society that handles pain well and that we're comfortable with pain. And so we often end up um, trying to find silver linings, trying to find the positive. And the reality is grief is a normal response to a, a healthy thing that happens in life. I've yet to meet anybody so immune to death. And so it means we're all going to grieve. And so I really do take a... Um, uh, an educational approach to provide people the opportunity to learn some different things to, to say and not say to somebody who's grieving so that we can all grieve with a little bit of grace. I find that grief is as individuals, our fingerprint. And when we um, move through great grief, we sometimes, because we don't know, we, we sometimes try to think that they're doing, people are doing it wrong because they're not doing it the way we do it. And so, again, teaching people and educating people so that uh, we can support each other because grief is love and um, love, the grief should be done in connection, not in isolation. Well, uh, thank you very much for sharing that amazing story. You know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, taken aback by, by just listening to that. Uh, so many uh, golden nuggets are already in there by, you know, that, uh, that grief uh, is part of love. You know, it's not something, well, yeah, it, it comes across as sad, but that sadness is because of love there. Uh, and and yes, you know, that 100% that I will agree there that we are not educated enough in terms of how to handle uh, handle that uh, handle that side, you know, grief. Uh, and I sometimes, myself, I mean, when you were just saying that, and I just, uh, just sometimes wonder myself, well, how would I handle should my parents pass away, uh, you know, I know that will happen one day, um, maybe ready for it in my mind. But when that happens, what would I do? You know, how would I handle it? Um, yeah. Because, and it's something, you know, uh, I've not experienced uh, yet uh, uh, in terms of a, a close family that, uh, so I've not experienced that connection. Uh, 
but I can I can think that yeah I, I I would not know where to start I would not know what to do uh, and how to cope with it how do you get go about every day of of, of your life because work will ex- expect you to come back in after a week or so I know uh, I've, I've heard in the US it's after two three days uh, you know in, in UK you at least getting a week um, but yeah so I mean I don't know how it is in in Canada is that the same time that you get or from work is it a few days to just get do the things that you need to do yeah, you get just a few days. Um, sometimes your doctor can put you on medical leave, like a stress leave. Um, but then again, you're only receiving about 60% of your income. And, you know, one of the things that we've learned along the way is that a lot of us, because we're such a death-averse culture, we're also not prepared for death. And so many people have to move through some pretty challenging financial issues as well, because one, a funeral is never expensive or never cheap. It's got quite the expense to it and it's unexpected. Um, And two, many people don't have insurance. And so, you know, if it's a spouse or if there's still young children involved or if there's still bills to pay, lots of people go from a double income to a single income overnight. And then on top of that, their world is so different that it is really hard for them to just go back to work. Um, I owned my own company. I didn't work for almost five weeks. Like Mike died two days after Christmas. And then by the time we did all the arrangements, it was two, three weeks. And then I still had things to um, deal with as well in terms of legalities and estates. And it's just, it's a bit overwhelming. And so, you know, and then on top of that, some people, I mean, they have to go back to an office and, feel like the world is normal and their world is far from normal. And so we're just in these places and spaces that are super difficult to navigate. They're difficult for the griever, but they're also difficult for those people on those that inner circle. They may not be family. They may not know all the inner workings of what's going on, but they don't, they, they know enough that they see that they're per, the person that they care about is not the same anymore. Uh, I agree that 100%. So in, in, in terms of uh, so your work, um, who does that more uh, work, uh, you know, is considered towards? Is that the actual person who's grieving or, or the people that surround the, the, the griever? Uh, is Because uh, I'm looking in the way of uh, a lot of time, like myself, I... Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's also a, a curse of being a, 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 a man, a male. It's like you are emotionally um, challenged to to understand those emotions, even though I, I think I am well-versed. But, you know, I've got a 14-year-old uh, challenge of her being a 14-year-old, but then there are emotional challenges when she will say things that I'm like, oh, no, I don't know what to say here now, right? So what is right or what is wrong? I think it's right. And then she'll turn around. That didn't really help. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you, you know, uh, and obviously when the person is grieving, uh, that's, that's even, you know, that's like walking on eggshells because you don't know what would now just spark something that would not supposed to be there, right? Or that spiral them more uh, into something they are already thinking of. So, um, so, how does your uh, support works there? 
So right now, I, I really just encourage people, I'm creating an audience. And so I have my Lean Into Grief on Facebook, my Lean Into Grief on on Instagram. And then I also do Lean Into Grief Rooms on Clubhouse. And we talk about things to say and not say. So certain things, like I say, don't ask a griever, how are you? Because how are you is a phrase where we're supposed to say, I'm good, I'm okay, or I'm fine. And a griever is none of those. So I always encourage you to ask a question like, how's today? Because grief leaves you living in the moment. And so that gives the person the ability to say, I haven't slept. Or I'm hungry, I can't eat, I hate eating alone, I miss my person. Um, and it really lets them just be where they are in that moment. Or they could say, I'm so tired of dealing with this, can we just have a normal conversation? Um, because grief sometimes can be a bit overwhelming. And it's like, I just want to, they might want a bite-sized bit of normal just to play pretend for a little bit. But a lot of grievers often say they get tired of hearing, how are you? And they get tired of lying and they find it exhausting um, to hear it date and have to answer it lie after lie after lie. They just, they don't feel like they're seen. Um, and then I also, I also encourage people, the one thing that we on the outside often need answers is, <clears throat> pardon me, is how did they die? They want, we often want to ask them what, what was the cause of death and, that isn't a question that supports our griever. That's a question for ourselves. And it's really not necessarily necessary um, because we don't need that information. The person's dead. We're, we can't bring them back. And so don't force that person to have to go through the trauma of reliving that day. That day is etched in my being. December 27th, 2018, the day my husband died, I don't think will ever leave my life. And I... Um, I can remember every moment, every smell, every movement, and I don't want to have to relive it for everybody. It isn't for everybody. I'm, I, if you say, was it expected? Was it an expected loss? Sometimes that helps because you'll know if they've been ill or not. But if it's been an unexpected loss, there could be a lot of trauma. Could have been a murder. It could have been a suicide. It could have been an overdose. Could have been an accident. Um, and so don't force that person to live into those trauma spaces. Um, and then I also often just say, if you don't know what to say, it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I, I, I see you're hurting. I see you miss your person and use the person's name. <clears throat> and then really just acknowledge the fact that you don't know what to say. You don't have words because you can't fix it. And so it's okay to say, I don't have anything to say, but I want you to know that you're in my thoughts. You know, you're important to me and you matter. And I see because so many people say nothing and it leaves people to tell stories in their own head of why they said nothing. And if you care about your person, whether it's a friend or a family member, you know, you don't, you want them to know that I, I care about you. I see you're hurting. You know, let them know, let them be seen. Pain deserves to be witnessed. It deserves to be seen and acknowledged. And a lot of times we try to just gloss over it and pretend like it's not there. And then it just means that that person has to do it by themselves. I, I love this. And thank you. Thank you for, for sharing this. They, uh, you, you can already see the comments if you uh, there that people, you know, people are finding this so helpful. Uh, and it's, it's amazing to hear the, the ask is, you know, not, not to ask, uh, how are you? Instead, you say, how, how is today? Uh, uh, you know, because those are generic questions that we are uh, 
uh, accustomed to asking anybody we see to, uh, on, on a daily basis, right? Oh, how are you? Uh, or how's it going? And things like that. And then, and then they will respond into that generic because that's how you are attuned to as well to just respond. Uh, things might things definitely won't be that great for, for the for the other person, but. Uh, the right question uh, I would moving forward would remember that now is how how is today, uh, and that can be used for for any any uh, anything uh, after a trauma after or, or, or any any sort of thing. So that that's amazing to know that you know that question there is uh, is actually a much more supportive question uh, to ask, and and moving on to that uh, big support being. Being honest, so that's what I'm hearing, is to be honest with the person that, yes, you know, I do not know what to say here, uh, but, you know, you are in my thoughts, I am here to support, you know, what do you need me to do, uh, things like that, because they might be thinking of 100 other things that they do not know where to start off with, what to do, uh, and just might not want to ask others uh, of it, and we need to be then coming forward and offering that support at that time uh, in, in as much better uh, way as possible. Is that something that uh, you promote as well in terms of offering the support? Yeah, a lot of times what people do is they'll say, call if you need. And in those early days, weeks and months, depending on who they lost, they don't have the ability to call. They just, their world is different and it's really hard. And so I always encourage people um, to offer specific help. Like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Can I pick up some food for you? Can I pick up groceries? The grocery store is a landmine, especially if it's a child or a spouse um, that they've lost or a grandchild. They go through the store and they, they see their the person's favorite foods, the things that they would buy just for them. And it can just bring an early griever, griever themselves to their knees. Um, and then for some reason, I don't know what it is at grocery stores, but the music they play always seems to be something that tugs at grievers' heartstrings. And so I often have seen abandoned shopping carts at, at grocery stores. And I used to think it was that somebody realized they forgot their wallet. Well, after I lost my husband, I realized it was grievers retreating to their car to have a safe space to cry. So offering, you know, can I bring some food? Or, you know, is it hard eating alone? Would you like to bring us something? Would you like me to bring something over would you like to join me for dinner um you know sometimes it's as simple as you know i mean i lived in canada it could be i'd love to stop by if you'd like and shovel the snow or mow the lawn or help with some yard work you know are there things that i can specifically do and i offer specific things because they often don't even realize that they're not getting done and I always just say, if you're going to offer, please make sure you follow through with it. Because if you don't follow through your, with your offer, um, it makes them feel even more alone. That they, you know, you offered and now you haven't. And it, it can be quite painful. And they don't understand why. And um, they think they're already struggling with loss. And then to have those kind of extra things piled on, it, it can be quite hurtful. So be specific. Offer what you can. You know, and sometimes it could be just like, hey, do you want do you want me to take the dogs for a walk? Um, how you know, it can be that specific and we're we're able to support each other in a great way. The person feels seen, you feel acknowledged um, and you have no idea. Like I had people that offered something as simple as taking out my garbage. Um, it 
months later, I was like, you have no idea how important that was for me to not have to deal with it. And it seems so trivial, but it was so big that it was just one less thing I had to think about. So the little things do make a big difference. That's amazing to hear that. that the little things do, you know, matter in terms of support. Uh, is, is If you are able to do that, just, just offer that specific uh, support, you know, as simple as just taking the trash out, uh, which is, you know, nobody thinks of because it's, it's part of the routine, right? Uh, oh, every Friday you will take it out or whatever the day that is. It's, it's just, just that, right? And taking that away, uh, you know, taking that responsibility of just that sort of help also lightens the person's load of uh, stress that is so it's less stress and, you know, be stress relieved over there in terms of I don't have to worry about it because I didn't even know that existed for, for that time. That I'm sure 100% in that moment, the, the garbage does not exist. Yeah, it's piling up because people are putting stuff in it. You're putting stuff in it but that day does not exist that I need to take it out. Right. So it is, it's amazing that you've just mentioned that because it, it's the so small uh, yet very massive uh, effect over there, um, which also, you know, uh, takes me to when you decided to um, help others and you already had a business that you said uh, that you were already uh, running. So you, you come from an entrepreneurial background already. Um, how was, how was that, uh, for you so that you had to pivot uh, and and do this as new? You know, it, it was one of those things actually early on after losing Mike, I think it was only about three days. Actually, I hadn't even planned the funeral yet. And I had clients asking me for invoices and I had clients having, I, I own a virtual assistance business and they knew he had passed. They knew it was, um, I was offline and they just some really insignificant things were coming up and I was like, I can't deal with this. And then even three days after his funeral, I had somebody say, Hey, when's the, the list of things for Heidi to do is growing. When are you back to work? Where I had some other amazing clients who were just like, Heidi, what is it that you need right now? How can we, we still want to work with you, but what's the best way? What does that look like now? And they acknowledged the fact that things needed to be different. And, and I made, big mistakes too. I was a griever and I said some things that missed the mark with people who had lost somebody. And I really realized that even me going through it, I'm not good at this. And so how could somebody who's never even experienced death or loss could m navigate this, this un, it's a messy journey. And so I just decided, you know, I really, I had a childhood dream to write, write a book my husband knew about that childhood dream. And so his legacy is helping my dream come true. And I think it's really cool to be working on this book and sharing his story and working with some of his friends. It's a collaboration book to be able to make a difference, to take the pain that I've had to live through and make a difference and be able to support others and hopefully be able to teach people how to grieve with grace. That, that That's very interesting so that, you know, uh, to hear that how some people were, uh, I'll use the word of being inc inconsiderate of, right, oh, list is growing, you know, how, how are you going to catch up? Because uh, they're just concerned about their side of things. And then the, the, you had the uh, polar opposite where people were offering support in terms of, okay, uh, what do you need from us uh, uh, 
to do as well. So, right, you know, we, we understand what's happened uh, and how can we now make this work going into the future. Um, it's amazing to hear that. And the book that you have, uh, do you want to touch upon a little bit more? Uh, is it already released or? Um... No, it's still in the, pro I have a book out, a I have a collaboration book that I was in at Blue Talks Volume 3. Um, and I wrote a, a, a chapter called Grieving with Grace. Um, and I have a new book that'll probably be released in 20, early 2022 called uh, Journey of Loss and learning how legacy can impact, help support grief. And basically it's my story of losing Mike and the pieces of his life that are still intertwined in mine, but then also 10 of Mike's friends who, well, you know, had to move through grief in their own way and losing him, but also the legacies that they have held that are still intertwined in their life and how those legacies help to keep his memory alive and help them to move through some of the grief. Because when we can find our ways to love our person, whether when they're not here is, is, is how we can help to move through grief, not, not move on it's move forward or move through it. So. Uh, okay. That, that's amazing to hear. Also uh, the last line is like resonating with me quite a lot. You know, it's like, it's not moving on or moving forward. It's moving through it. Uh, it's a case of accepting it and recognizing the, the pain that is there which which will do wonders uh, if I put simply here that way that you've realized that you are going through something so it's not a case of right okay I know now uh, can I just put it back on the shelf and continue doing something else that never happens right it's it's it's, it's not it's it's never going to happen uh, so it's good to accept uh, as what it is and take it with you on that journey and go, you you know you you will go through it um so a, a lot of a lot you know you, you hear that the famous saying time will heal all wounds what's your take on that uh when it comes to uh the grieving side i i don't think it's a, a fair statement time changes things um but i can't say it heals it because i can tell you that there are days that are just as intense with grief now than there was those first days weeks and months um, grief, there is no plan. It, it has taught me that I have to be a little bit flexible because it can hit me on a day when I least expect it. And um, I, for a long time, kept asking, why, why do I have to go through this? Like, I thought I'd moved through this emotion already. I thought I did this work already. And what, really, I was just fighting the emotion. And so I stopped asking why and just said, okay, I'm feeling this today and I need to. And the hard part is, is grief doesn't come with its own little dimmer switch. I, I'd have zero control over it. And so I have to move through it as it, as it hits me. And sometimes there's a reason. Sometimes it could be an important day, right? In the United States this week is Thanksgiving. That can be a really triggering time for somebody who's grieving the loss of somebody because that chair is empty. That role that they played in the kitchen is empty. The, you know, all of that can be really hard as we move through the Christmas holiday season, same thing, right? And then on top of that, if you look at when the person's birthday is or anniversaries or when the day they died, those are all days that can be really difficult. So if you're supporting somebody who's grieving, making a note of some of those important days and putting them in your calendar to refresh every year and reaching out to the person and say, hey, thinking of you today, I know it's got you probably dealing with some emotions today. And I don't say that you're having a bad day or that it's going to be a rough day. 
because I have, you know, Mike's birthday, I choose to honor his birthday and I go out to a restaurant that he loves or I go and do something that he would love to do. But there are days like his, the day he died anniversary is, is a hard one for me. And so, you know, I appreciate it when here three years later, somebody can send me a message and saying that they're thinking about me. Um, and I also just encourage people to acknowledge the fact that, you know, when you say to somebody, time heals all wounds, it doesn't make them feel better. You know, in that moment, it doesn't help them at all because they hurt right now. If you're seeing them with tears in their eyes or that they're struggling with emotion, they don't want to know about what the future looks like. They want to know why it hurts right now or have some sort of wit being witness to that, right? So be gentle. Um, I always say use the words they use. If somebody says that my husband died, use husband died. Somebody says my, my son passed away, use passed away because those words matter in grief. And we always take, I always take my, um, my cue from the griever themselves because some people, the word death or died is too hard. Um, and it's too harsh and it's like nails on a chalkboard and it doesn't resonate for them. And so I always use the words that grievers use. And I also just really listen to where they're at. And if they open up and want to share, I don't say, at least you still have, or but at least you could have had, you know, if your sentence starts with at least you, it means that you are no negating how they feel. So just listen. That's all they need. They just need you to listen. They just need you to be supportive and hold space and love them exactly where they're at, even if it doesn't make sense, because that's the important part. They just need to move through those emotions and if they're willing to open up and be vulnerable with you, honor that. It's sacred space, I believe, because we don't we don't get it a lot. And, and I know listening to some of your other recordings, you guys in a lot of your other recordings talk about the fact that, you know, we just need to see each other more and hold space and love each other where we're at. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree there as well. You know, it's, it's, it's a case of um, recognizing the other person as well. And I love that you touched upon uh you know just mirroring their uh, words so uh because that actually matters more um especially in pain time when uh, somebody is saying using certain words is because they might have attachment to it or it's discomfort in hearing the opposite of the word or or the word death as you said or or, or died they you know they don't understand those words or they still uh, maybe still realizing and accepting it, but being passed on uh, is is a softer word for them at the moment to use uh, until they you know totally understand what's happened and 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 go forth with with what they need to do. But that, that's totally uh, you know, hundred percent. I agree with that. Is is to is to mirror uh, what they are actually saying. So listening is is the key fact there. Hundred percent. It would be to listen not just sit there and that show up that oh yeah i'm here but it's the you know give your ears as well so see what they're saying and then respond uh or support accordingly to to that which is uh, which is amazing share here uh people who are uh you know watching this now live or will hear this uh, after uh, as a igtv or it will move on to podcast but uh, but later on as well um, you know, if you're finding this uh, interesting and or inspiring, uh, it's recommended for you to now share it with whoever you may 
wish to you you know if there was a spark in your mind and a person came in your mind just put tag them in there or share it with them because uh what i always say is to if you had a uh, an inspiring moment by watching or reading something you should not keep it to yourself you should always share it with others uh because you don't know who's waking up or going to bed thinking of a better today or tomorrow so this is something we need to do with this episode as well it has been so informative uh for myself as well uh and and i can i can i can feel the uh the connection that you you have there you know is um your personality is quite uh easy going as well in terms of uh you want to open up to you and and speak more so with the, your services how does that work do you do one to one or is there like a group uh, as well how how do people reach out to you yeah i'm currently not offering any kind of programs right now i am going to offer and it'll hit my website probably next week the web designers just building it out is i'm offering a free 1 hour masterclass on how to support somebody grieving through the holidays um and that'll be on december 21st and um and then just follow me on linkedin or part of me facebook instagram and then feel free to join a clubhouse room um and look forward to the upcoming book you'll see presales probably open up in early january so ah oh, amazing i'm definitely going to follow you on clubhouse uh, i'm i'm quite uh, uh, engaged there as well myself so yeah we'll keep an eye out there um I would like to say thank you very much for uh for coming on uh, even though we had a little glitch in the beginning uh but we got to do this what would you like to say to uh wrap up and close this to the audience who are uh, listening now you know what grief is is a tender topic and all of us are going to be impacted with it grief isn't just about when somebody dies it could be about a relationship or change in finance change in health so be gentle with each other we've all been moving through grief as we've moved through this pandemic and so you know realize that we don't know what everybody's dealing with and when we can actually see pain and witness it you know it will help us to be able to support each other better love each other where we're at and and if we're grieving grieve with grace amazing thank you very much uh for uh, an amazing episode today uh and we will stay connected and I'll keep an eye out your uh future book when it when it's when it's out uh and we'll suddenly uh talk about it a bit a little bit more uh who knows you might come back again on Tuesday talks and talk about your book <laughs> love i love what you do thanks for everything that you do do it it's making a big difference in this world all right thank you very much and everybody else we will see you next tuesday uh, with another amazing person uh and we will discuss what they are doing and why they're doing it thank you very much thank bye. you bye bye